What's up, everyone? We are back with Elite Physique University. We are on episode 90, um, talking about uh, managing off-season this this week. Um, I'm co-host Kayla, and I'm here with Jason and John. Um, you know, we really want to talk about this week of just not even the off-season logistics, but just the mental space behind it and, like, what goes into making a very productive off-season. Um, so before we get into that, of course, we always got to check in, see how everyone's doing. So we were talking earlier, John's wearing a hoodie this week. I'm just all because <laughs> I live in the tundra, and Jason's in, like, nice 50s this week. So how's okay. everything else going? Oh. Uh. I, I guess I'll go first. Uh, things are, things are good. Um, it's been a minute, I think, since we've all caught up. Um, I had, uh, the team meeting, I had, we had our whole brain trust in for new ethics. Um, once a year we do a, a meeting and set our OKRs for the year. And, um, I think this is going to be a really, really good year. We've, uh, we've hired two just rock star sales reps, uh, who can get us into, they've already got us into a bunch of stores. And our goal is to be in about 500 by the end of the year. Um, they're, they came over from ancient garden of life. So they have just have tons of contacts. So it's been awesome to watch them work and do their thing. Um, and then with new ethics, we got on this show called boom America. It's Kevin Harrington. If you guys know from the shark tank, he's putting together a, a badass team of executives that don't want to, don't want to fail. And they're basically they four only four companies got invited or, you know, passed the application round and we're one of them and there's no other supplement company in it. And they're basically going to follow us and help us achieve goals. So like we had kind of set like 500 stores. So I think what I'm going to say is get us into a thousand, you know, let's get to work. And yeah. uh, with all their contacts, they should be able to knock that out of the park, I would think. So it's going to be cool, but I got a lot of traveling coming in. I got to start getting down to Tampa uh, again. I got to fly back down February 23rd to start shooting and there's going to be a lot of travel. So this is going to be a busy 2023 for me, but uh, the way everything's set up, for all the businesses, I think it's going to be a humongous year. So um, I'm excited, little, little, uh, little apprehensive too. Uh, with got a lot to get done, but uh, should be should be good stuff. Um, and then you know, as far as Scooby Prep, I'm I'm killing it. I'm having a good January, so that's awesome. Um, and uh, clients are doing well, so I think all in all, it's uh, it's all good stuff. Super cool, man. You know, this is something that later on down the road, as you maybe a year from now, we can go back and kind of pull the curtain back and do a business episode on what it was like for you and New Ethics last year, especially adding those those stores. And the reason I bring that up is we're in the middle of we just got into the high V locations and these are all over the place. And I've got contacts in Kansas City and Des Moines we got here in Springfield and I'm taking it slow because as you know, Jason, if you disrupt your inventory and put too much pressure on your manufacturer, um, we don't have a giant manufacturer for a lot of our stuff, which is good because the turnaround time is a little faster, but I've got to be careful not to upset that. Plus mm -hmm. we can't just explode out of our storage that we have here in our shipping center. So we're taking it store by store and it, you know, about every month I'm adding a big store, which is quite a bit. And, and our goal is to, you know, eventually be in all the high V's around the Midwest. We've got price cutters we're already in. And we're really kind of pushing the gas pedal down on these wholesale accounts, um, which is what Fat Muscle is for new ethics. I think the last couple of years we were your highest retailer. So it sounds like we're not going to be your highest retailer anymore because you're going to have a big chain, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what we've been busy with. But the main thing is, is this weekend, of course, this will air later, but this weekend we have our Fat Muscle Academy and our coaches and awards dinner. And I'm bringing in our whole team of coaches and all of our staff. There's about 25 of us total. And we also sold tickets too to the seminar. So that's that's going to be fun. We're giving out about $8,000 in awards to the top coach, second, second best coach, most improved. Our top three customers, you know, $1,500 for first, $1,000 for second, $500 for third. Our top retailers getting $1,500. And I got them all a bunch of cool, like fat muscle belts. Looks like, you know, a cha wrestling championship belt. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We like to give back every year and, and we're really making this an event, kind of planting our flag in the ground to just give back. So that's what I've been ultra busy with client stuff as usual, people starting prep, you know, it's January when we're recording this. So this, this topic, Kayla, that you've got us on here, we're right in the middle of this because even though we've got people starting their preps, we're also having to manage the people that want to diet, but they need to keep going in the off season. So I think this is a really good topic. So that's, that's kind of my, my info in a nutshell there for the, for the month. Nice. 
sounds like you guys both have like a lot of exciting growth happening this year and I'm not that exciting, I guess. I'm just here coaching and just learning. So that's where I'm at, um, which is fine. But my hopes are I'll get to compete this year. You're not so. even 30 yet, are you? No. Yeah. So I mean, you got a long way to go. <laughs> my best shit like, <laughs> happen to us 40s, though. Uh, I know. I, I like sit here and look at you guys. I'm like, man, I want to do that someday. You know, be like John and Jason, like managing all of these companies. But I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Jason didn't even start coaching until he was like in his 30s. So I'm like, yeah. just settle down. But I'm like a... I'm just impatient about everything. And when I get That's an idea, I want to like wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. But yeah, <laughs> you, know, uh, you and I both know this. The more you live in the future, the more anxious you are. So I think you mm -hmm. and I both battle that. So yep. yeah, I like, I like the word aggressively patient. That That's what it sounds yes. like you are, which is mm -hmm. great. Yeah. I've had to learn a lot of that, especially like going through <laughs> hormone stuff and like being in this off season, like, you know, I've talked, told Jason in my check-ins plenty of times, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Whenever you say go, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just taking it slow, um, which is kind of nice, like that we're going over this topic today, because I can kind of put some of like my own insight into it, because I'm going through it right now. Um, but but yeah, I guess like January for me has been kind of slow, actually, which is odd compared to December. Um, but I mean, that's fine. It's coaching. I'm just focusing on doing like more webinars and stuff. Um, I'm going to do another webinar February 19th. Um, it's a Sunday. So that one will be on uh, coming off birth control safely and implications involved with that. So um, when this comes out, it shouldn't be up quite yet by then, because I know we're a couple weeks behind dropping these. But but yeah, so if you guys are interested in any of those, I'm going to do one once a month. Um, they're free for now. And we'll just keep going from there. So yeah, it's yeah. a good idea. And you know, I've had January's where I thought it was going to kill. And then it like, I'll have like the just freaking ridiculous March or April where I'm adding like, you know, 11 people in seven days and the whole month you add like 30. It, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, you just keep grinding. So. Yep, exactly. And like, I kind of thought it was going to be opposite last month because of December, but like December, I got like 10 people just out of nowhere. And like now D January, well, so far we're like mid January right now has been like, just kind of flip-flop and I'm like, well, okay, well, it is what it is. So it's fine. You know what? I, I've got my tracking sheet pulled up right now and I don't want to side trackers, but I'm looking back two years ago, I made $5,500 in coaching in January. And I thought I was going to fucking be broke. Like it was the worst feeling. Jason, I know you feel the same way, dude. Even though I had made tens and tens of thousands a month before and the months before that and make well into the six figures, that one month in January, I'm like, it's January and I only brought in 5,500 bucks. I'm going to lose it all. And then, like Jason said, the next thing you know, it's like, here comes this big tidal wave. So it's almost like you just see these ups and downs sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I mean, January is a weird month. Yep. It, yeah, always just depends. But, but yeah, so um, getting into managing off season. Um, so I know we've, I think we've done like an episode or you guys did one before I came on about just kind of off season, like more logistical type stuff. And I have some of that in our notes today, but I really wanted to focus more on like, the mindset behind like why we're doing these certain things or like when someone needs to grow more, how long it should take, like things like that. And then how to manage that versus just like, here's the logistics of doing it, like go do it. Cause um, obviously post-show we're all excited to eat food again and then start working on growth right away. Um, but you know, how do you guys, I guess, start off by managing that weight gain? You know, obviously we have some athletes that go off the handle, just can't help it. But you know, how do you manage that or like prepare them to get ready for, for what's to come? I guess. I'm, I mean, I'll go first. I mean, I think it really depends with who you're, what, what, who are you coaching and at what part of their career are they in? And so what I mean by that is, you know, that first timer, they have all the damn good intentions of staying lean and looking badass in their bikini or, you know, swim trunks all summer and they're going to fucking almost blow it all the time. So I try to just give directions to mitigate it. Like I, I, I just don't, I don't want them going nuts and having, you know, get out of hospital because they're so edema, but you know, they're going to blow it at, at, in some level. I mean, I did my first show. Um, of course, you know, there wasn't as much uh, content back then. There certainly wasn't the internet to go read about what you're supposed to do post-show. Everyone just told me to get big. So I was like, oh shit, well, I'll just, this whole bag of M&M, sure. This whole bag of this and this. So, but my point is, um, I really like to see someone kind of, you know, at least Sunday, I'm like, listen, have a good breakfast, go get some pancakes, uh, maybe in the middle of the day, kind of bring it back down, have a good meal, and then maybe go have dinner with a family member on, you know, Sunday night, 
was like, by Monday morning, you should really start to at least be reeling it back in and trying to eat your meals. Um, you're going to fuck up, no doubt. And someone's going to ask you to go to dinner on Tuesday and you're going to go because there's no pressure to be in your underwear on a stage in front of thousands of people. And that's cool. Go. But practice what we've taught you. You don't have to work, stay, stay stage lean. We got to get your period back. If you're a woman, we no matter what, you're going to gain some weight. So I kind of educate them. If someone is in the IFBB pro ranks, I expect more out of them. I mean, I know myself, by the time I got to that point, yes, it took me longer than most people. But like, I would eat one meal on Saturday evening, maybe some dessert and shit and something that was craving. And I really didn't want any more junk. I'd get up that next morning, have a shake. Maybe I'd have some peanut butter and that, you know, and I might get some carbs in me later. I just would stay lean and kind of just reverse it out the way you should. But that's from years of, of, of doing it. So I think it depends on who the person is if we're talking post-show, but you as a coach have to give some direction there and also give some leeway too, because they are not going to be perfect and, and nor should they, but um, you know, it just depends on your coaching in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent, man. I I agree with that. The the seasoned competitors, not just seasoned, is in like successful, but people that have done it multiple times and they've got a training age that's up there and they've done multiple shows. They're the type of people they've experienced that first year. All right, I'm just going to fucking blow it type thing, right? And it doesn't feel good. No one likes that, by the way. So they've already been through that. So I'm with you, Jason. I, I expect a little bit more out of them. And I always give the same direction. I let them eat on Saturday night, obviously, and Sunday, kind of the same guidelines you're talking about. And then Monday rolls around. I say, hey, I want you to go ahead and nail your food for a few days. Let's let your digestion chill out because most people are going to their digestion is going to be off, right? Let's up your water. Let's get a little bit of the bloat off, get back to feeling good because a lot of the times, when someone does blow it really bad, they they email you Monday and say, I feel nasty. Well, up your water. That's going to help with that. Maybe even take a natural diuretic, get things moving. And then by Thursday, I'm looking to start adding food for them. But I also tell them that week, I'm like, hey, when you go in the gym, just go have fun. Like yep. go get a pump and have fun 30 minutes in and out. Like you're going to like how you look because the pump's stupid. You've been flat and really hard to get a pump. So just go have fun. And then Thursday, we're going to add some food. And that's you know, that's kind of my direction for most people, but the more advanced people, I don't really have to tell them much. You know, I tell them to eat a little bit and then Monday let's start talking about, you know, finishing a deload or let's start talking about the next steps of, and we're going to get into it here about healing and all these different things. It's a lot different than I did in 2012, for example, show was over. I'm like, let's start freaking training hard and pushing and, you know, everything we just didn't know really back then. So that's my general direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I do like all the same things and stuff. And I actually have like quite a few new athletes competing this year for their first time. And I've I've had a couple last year, too. And I guess the thing that I've found is like no matter how much I try to prepare them for how they're going to feel and like what that like hunger is like post show, because that goal isn't in front of you. It's still, it doesn't matter. Like they have to go through it themselves and they do have to kind of fuck up a little bit to understand like what's going on and like where their like their, their threshold is because everyone kind of has that one point too, where they, they have this one story where they really screwed up really bad. And they're like, yep, never did that again. You know, whether it did make you sick or something, not to say that everyone should get sick by any means, but you know, you kind of feel just crappy, you know, when you do it, but then, you know, myself as I've gotten older and gotten more through competing and stuff I like Jason said I have my one meal dessert maybe some breakfast the next day and then I'm like all right like I'm ready like let's just get back on because it just feels good you know and it's it's routine and stuff and so it just takes time to go through that and preparing them as much as possible and letting them know too that it is okay to mess up that I'm not going to judge them as a coach that they can just jump right back on and I'll just be there to be like, all right, let's just get back on track. Like there's nothing about like, we're going to overcompensate by any means. That's like the biggest thing that I look for to, um, with my athletes. So, um, then going into like getting through a health phase because lots of people, especially females, like Jason mentioned about getting their periods back, going through a health phase, you know, about how long should that take normally? <laughs> I mean, so I take precautions during the diet. Um, I'll use like um, our jump start a lot of times throughout the diet. And um, believe it or not, bloaties uh, because of the, the ability to keep the immune system from becoming overactive 
and um, just kind of keeping toxins out of the body, it actually will support hormones a little bit better. Um, so you use those two. And um, I pretty much can get a period back in like four weeks, pretty much with most females. I would say, though, you know, I've seen it take up to six months if really no things are, you know, being taken to get it back. Uh, but either way, whether you get it back or not that quickly, my health phase usually is at least about eight to 10 weeks, meaning I'm going to keep training low for a while. I'll finally start ramping it up. I make sure the period's back if we're still talking about women. Um, I make sure calories are at a, you know, a good spot before I would ever like take the governor off and say, let's push again. I make sure I have at least two periods if we're going to, you know, if peds are being used uh, for off season, things like that. Um, as far as men go, you know, men, natural athletes, you know, I'm, I'm going to give them a pretty long health phase, uh, as well, um, to get everything back online. And it's the same thing. We, you know, we got to get the body fat to a workable level where they feel good and where they can, you know, start producing testosterone. I've seen a lot of natural men just stay lean, 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 and their hormones are not going to come back. Like men need some body fat too, you know, uh, now if you're, now if your assist is different, you know, you're, you're, you're taking a hormone. So yeah, you can stay leaner. And I'll be honest with you there. I've had a few like guys post-show who are on peds who their prep wasn't that hard. It wasn't that long. Their body wasn't exposed to androgen that long. I let them extend it past to get a little bit of growth for like four weeks. And then we went into a health phase. But if I had someone as a 20 week dieter and they've been on peds the whole time, we're going straight into a health phase and pulling everything back and, you know, deloading and all the nine yards. So it just, I guess it just kind of depends on, on the, that length of time for, for everyone. But I, I think at least, at least 10 weeks for sure. And then we'll see where mm -hmm. we're at. Most of my athletes these days are, are natural. So, um, it's always that, you know, that first week back is, is typically a deload, even though they started to kind of deload towards the show, the stress was still kind of high because it's just the nature of a show. So I like to really start that deload the next week. And I, the last few years, I've really started to recommend just training in the higher rep ranges, cutting their body parts back to maybe once a week and cutting down, you know, some, somebody at the end was training five, six days a week. I might cut them down to four days two up or two lower, do some high rep, give the CNS a break and let your joints recover and just go in and get a pump because the high rep ranges are not as hard on your CNS. And also what I found was too, when you're doing the higher rep ranges, like 15 to 20 and 20 to 30, there are those phases we just talked about earlier where people are going to eat off their plan. They're going to mess up. When you're a little bit more depleted, it, you could, you have more room to be able to eat a little bit more food if you want to. So it's, I don't like to tell my clients this, even though now they're going to hear it on this. I know it's kind of a built-in system to where if they're training higher rep, they can get by with a little bit of extra carbs here and there. They're, you know what I mean? But if they were training five to six rep range, you're not going to be as depleted. So I like to keep the rep ranges up for a little bit and just let them heal. And I, I like to give them four months and then we check labs. I don't start any kind of overreaching or any kind of super hard pushes everything comes back good on labs. Then I start, you know, well, let's go back to five days of training and body parts twice a week and whatever we got to do to bring you up. But I have to make sure that all their, their hormones are in a good place, especially, you know, testosterone, namely and free tests. So it just seems to take that long. And I've seen it take, you know, five to six, but the main things that I have people on are optimizer, the whole prep um, and jumpstart a hundred percent. So we actually sell that Jason. I don't know if didn't know if you knew this, but as a combo, we combo. call it the next I next know. level combo. Jump starting an optimizer. And I tell them post show, I'm like, do this for at least two months, at least keep jump start in two months. And let's see, if not three. So it's a really good combo. I'm I'm a big fan of it. And for all my natural athletes, it's it's pretty much just mandatory. If they want to make progress, like you got to take the stuff that's going to support and get your system back healthy. So it's kind of it in a nutshell for me. Okay. Cool. Have you guys ever had, I'm just curious about this ever had an athlete like swing like one way or the other, like super far of like really, really scared to gain weight and like kind of pushes back and like, doesn't want to give up cardio or keeps their calories lower, even when you increase them or the opposite that kind of just like is an asshole and just is like, Oh, I don't really care. And just goes off their diet. Like, how do you kind of like reel them in like on both sides? Like, have you ever had anybody like that? And like, how do you reel them in? I mean, I've had way more assholes than I've had people that are like, once they get to that into that show, anybody who was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna stay real lean," and blah, 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 I it almost never happens. Those are the talkers. It never happens. Like, like I said, the pros pros can pull it off, but 
um, yeah, I, I've had more of the asshole. So, um, you know, it's one of those things I just kind of say, listen, do you want to be better? You obviously like this sport. Are you going to do this again? Yeah, I really want to. Okay. So do you want to be better than the last time you were on stage? Yes, I do. Okay. Then everything you are doing right now is complete opposite of what you should be doing in order to be better on stage. Do you want to keep doing that? Oh, no, I guess you're right. Yeah, I know I'm right. You've blown through our insulin sensitivity phase. Now you're chubby and now we got to reset all this shit. Um, and I just kind of make it that a point. Um, but like I said, most people aren't fighting me too hard to stay super lean. Um, once they get to that post show, they, they want to eat. And so usually I'm battling more of pulling it back. Um, but that's just me. You know, I'm sure at some point I had maybe a female or someone who was, you know, dead set on staying super ripped, but I just really can't. There's nothing that really jumps out at me. Mm -hmm. I, I had just this past year i had a female bikini competitor it was our first time she did really well won her novice and open classes like did really good um she dropped from like 129 down to about 110 so you know it's about what is that 20 20 -ish pounds yeah somewhere in there um and i told her i said hey you need to you need to stick with me make sure you're checking every week because this is going to be tough on you and it's when I start noticing they don't check in as often. I know something's wrong, first of all. Right. Of and then it's, it's three, four pounds. And then the problem, how do I get this off? I'm like, up your water, hit, nail your diet. Let's see what it'll now let's see what our new baseline is. Cause we're not going to diet it off. So I, I find myself having to constantly educate and tell them. And that's my job as a coach. But you know, over time, this girl, she just, and she's a great, I mean, I like her a lot, but she just kept gaining me three, four pounds every check-in she's saying, Hey, I just can't stick to my diet. And the next thing you know, she's, she's back up to where she was in like six weeks. And, you know, I told her she could have been a little bit leaner. So for the pro stage, like she, she would need to be like 105, 106, just the way it is. I said, Hey, I want to keep you about 15 pounds from stage because it's just going to make your prep easier next time. If you get up into the 129s, 130s again, it's going to be a long process and we're trying to improve your physique. So let's try and stay just a touch leaner. Well, long story short, you know, she got well up there and, and she just not haven't heard from her in like two months now. And it just, as coaches, I'm, I'm bringing this up because we have coaches listen to the show. You're going to have clients that go through that. All you can do is do your best job to educate them and keep talking, trying to talk them through it. That's our job. That's what we get paid for. If they quit on you, you've got to remember in this soft ass society, they think that it's your fault because you didn't go check in on them and hold their fucking hand and all this stuff when you're doing your job educating them. So I've had people say, Hey, can I have my money back? Can I have this and that? I'm like, fuck no. Like this, I've got this spies reserved from you. I turn people away. It's not my fault. You're not doing your job. So you've just got to remember as a coach, make sure you cover your ass, do everything that you're supposed to do and educate. And sometimes it's just going to happen and it sucks when it does. Cause you, you always feel bad, but it just is what it is. So I've had that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like John said, there's one way to sum it up. You got to just keep educating them as a, as a, as a client, you know, my way is to kind of say, do you want to be better <laughs> than, than last, last time you can't, you know, there's, there's instant sensitivity things. That, there's issues here that you're, you're kind of screwing the, the, the window here a little bit. So yeah, exactly. And I think it's important that like competitors know this too, because there's so much that goes into it with like emotionally of like, especially being a female and like seeing your weight go from like down, down, down every week to going up, up, up. And now you're like, yeah, I'm ready to gain weight, all this kind of stuff. But then you're still like kind of fighting with yourself of that. And like, there's this whole mindset that females need to be within 10 pounds of stage weight. And that is like complete bullshit unless you're like a pro and you're like at your growing yeah yeah you don't need to grow anymore but like I know like when we set last year well, two years ago now when I got off stage mm -hmm. we were I kind of was like what do you you know just I'm just curious like what do you think I'm gonna be at you know off season and I remember you said 125 and kind of blown that out of the water so there is really no expectation just as long as you follow your plan and like work on just like having some of that balance in your life and not overdoing it because right away after the show, you are going to be way more sensitive. And like, if you go out to eat, you're probably going to gain like four pounds. And that's like, oh shit, like it's kind of scary. And then eventually it levels out. You just have to keep on like the plan. And like, if we reacted emotionally, a lot of us would probably just like 
compensate for it and be like, oh no, like I'm not supposed to be this heavy and stuff like John's client, like that happened. And then they end up just kind of going down this rabbit hole and, and then it just stopped checking in. And that's really sad. You know what, for females too, it's one thing when a guy is completely shredded and you start to fill back out and you go through this certain little phase to where you just look fucking great. You know what I mean? Because you're not stage lean's hard unless you have a lot of muscle. You, you, there's this period of, you know, you gain five to 10 pounds where you just look freaking great in the gym, right? Super vascular and you're filled out and you still have, you still have some abs and you just look good. And guys experience that. I've noticed for girls, cause their body fat doesn't get as low unless they're, you know, bodybuilders or women's physique. It, they go through a little short phase. And then the next thing, you know, it just, it's all, um, it's all like a black eye almost like it, they're seeing all the little bitty, you know, cellulite start to show up on the butt and stuff like that. Guys don't really go through that as much. Mm-hmm. And I think it's harder for women. Um, like be sympathetic with them for a little bit. It's a little harder for They don't get that little phase. Us guys get to have fun for a little bit. So there's a difference there. Yeah. Well, for sure. And, you know, it does take a long time to get guys hormones back for sure. So I wouldn't, wouldn't say that it doesn't, I've seen six months, but, um, you know, women, we have to restore that period too. And so there's a body fat for sure that has to come along with that. And every woman is different. And so that's why I don't really like to set a range because first and foremost, I got to get those hormones back or else they ain't going to be around here very long in terms of competing. Um, and I see, I feel like a man's body is a little more resilient to that whole thing. Um, whereas women, women are not as resilient to it. Um, and so that health phase has to include hormone restoration, period restoration for women, all those different things. So, You know what, Jason, that, that's a really good point that people should listen to because, you know, I, I had mentioned, I told that girl, I need you to be about 15 pounds from stage because she was little, a little bitty, yeah. right? If she had to lose 30, fuck, it'd be a massive nightmare of a prep. But not only should you think when somebody gets off stage, you know, where do I want to try and diet them from before? But also that has to be predicated on their hormones and getting them back healthy because maybe it wasn't 15 pounds. Maybe it was somewhere in the 19 pound range. Who knows? But it's one of those things. I'm glad you brought that up. You can't just throw a number out there. This isn't math. Like you have for a female side of it, guys, I'm pretty good with telling them, okay, Hey, you weighed 170 on stage. Like I probably want to keep you about 190. Let's only diet 20 pounds off for a natural guy, for example. Um, but for a female, it's, you got to pay attention to hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that's something that's really difficult to deal with as a, as an athlete, but also as like a coach, because I understand my athletes where they're like, Oh, I want to be comfortable, but like, I want to get better too. So it's like that point of like discomfort, like how far can you push them to a discomfort level where that like, they're not just going to be like, my coach made me fat or something because they feel fat, but they don't look bad. Like, you know, they're a little fluffy, but as a coach, like that's our job, you know, but it's hard to get the client sometimes to trust you to be like, I'm not going to make, let you get fat. Like as long as you follow the program, you'll be fine. But they're still, you know, cause I've had it from my female clients too, that are like, I want to compete at nationals or I want to get to the next level. And I'm like, okay, well we have to gain some weight. We have to fix your hormones. Cause I have a couple older ladies too. Um, we're kind of like perimetopausal and stuff. And so going through HRT and stuff like that to get their hormones up. And there's just this like period of like really bad discomfort. And I went through it too, where it's like you reach this new body weight and then you're like, oh man, I've never been here before. This is kind of really weird. And you look just kind of like fluffy and soft. And then you got to sit there for a little bit and then your body like grows into it. And then like six months later, it you can be the same weight, but look totally different. And that totally happened with yeah. me. And it was like, whoa, okay. I was like really uncomfortable for a little bit, but now I get it. So like, it's really hard to get the client to just be like, just trust me and just hang in there, just keep going. But trust me guys, like it's like makes a huge difference when you do that. You know, are, are you Jason, especially you, I'm what I'm seeing is the longer my athletes spend off season um, and the more season they are, the better they start to look. So, you know, when a, when a female, I'm talking about females, especially when she gets off stage, you go through that growth phase. Like it just seems like you're it's body fat, but you're always watery everywhere. And you know what I mean? Just bloated. Right. And then you go through this phase, hormones get better. And then you start to look good at the same weight. And then I've noticed when, when, especially natural females take two, three, four years off, 
they look way better like four years later at that same weight. Um, they look leaner. They have a little bit more muscle. I've just seen that. And to me, it comes back to not just adding new muscle, but also letting your hormones be in a good place for quite a while. So it's one of those things that seems like, you know, cortisol is higher when you first come out of a show and all those things, you just see the look on people and then it starts to settle in. I saw this with Leslie for a long time. She competed a lot from 2007 to 2011, 12. And then when she started taking those long off seasons, now she just looks like a beast year round. Like she, the last time she, Jason, you did her prep was in 2020 and COVID kind of shut that off. But I mean, dude, she's only like six pounds from getting on stage and she just has not dieted. She just trains and eats a lot. And I've just seen the longer people can stay with dieting, the more they kind of settle into that little bit leaner body fat set point. Have you, have you seen that? Somewhat. Uh, it depends on, you know, the person. Um, I think it requires, um, a dogmatic approach to your off season, right? Um, you know, it's not going to happen unless you're hitting your five to six meals and getting your protein right. and get, you know, so not everyone can stick to that, but yes, those that are consistent, uh, time away from stage, get their hormones, right. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of, you know, unless you're a crazy genetic freak, that's kind of what happens to a lot of us. I mean, if you look at my 200 pounds from age 30, to my 200 pounds now at 45, like the body composition of it's completely different. Um, and that's just from years of consistency. So, and and then the, yeah, I mean, I, I'm one of those people that don't die, don't compete every year. You know, I never did. It was, it was always, right. I'll take a couple of years off, enjoy life. Then I'll come back. And so, yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen it with consistency, but that's kind of the name of the game anyways. Right. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree with that. I've seen it with myself too. Um, just like, I've been competing since 2015 and like every off season's better. Every prep is better. Like just all around, like leanness wise, I can hold a higher body weight, eat more food and maintain a pretty good leanness compared to like the last one too. And it's just with time. So like, like what Jason said, just lots yeah. of time, especially. Yeah, I mean, you definitely haven't hit your peak yet by far. So, mm -hmm. you know, you got yeah. a lot of fun still ahead of you. I think I'm on the downswing, unfortunately, but I'm fighting it every tooth and nail. It's okay. You can just live vicariously through me. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. So I did write up a little bit of like, kind of like an outline of what an improvement season can typically look like. I say that with like air quotes, cause this isn't, this is per person, but um, I know for me, this has been like my first very, very productive off season. So it's been really fun to learn about myself, but also like to take this into account for like other clients and stuff. So I guess like, off season can be really ominous and people are like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm ready to compete like next year already, but like they have to grow and stuff. So how do you guys like break it down for them and set mini goals, like the health phase and then like, okay, we're gonna do a health phase. Then we're gonna do a push phase, not like necessarily timeline, but like to make sure that they're still focused on that goal and stuff, you know, do you break it into phases for them or explain how to do that? Or um, I guess, how do you go about that? John, do you want to start with this one? Yeah. Um, so typically my folks are taking pretty long off seasons. You know, if you're natural and you need to improve for those that just got done competing in 2022, most of my athletes this year, unless they're just genetically gifted, they're taking this year off to make improvements. Right. So right now it's, it's January and they're starting to get deep into the off season and I've started to check labs. And if they're okay, then we start doing the things like overreaching where we start pushing intensity and volume both up high so you get to the point to where you overreach and then you take a deload and then you reset and you try and get stronger each five to six weeks. We've covered this in a past episode mm -hmm. on deloads and overreaching and stuff like that. So it's kind of a same approach powerlifters used to get stronger. I start doing that after the health phase is over, the recovery phase, so to speak. So I, it helps break those up when every four to five weeks you're make sure you're getting stronger, you have a deload and you know, I'm adding food in these, in these pushes. So I'm, I'm constantly adding food and we might tweak some volume here or there, but really it's kind of set. And then you get to the point where, okay, now it's time for a mini cut more than likely or an insulin sensitivity re reset. Same thing. I was just um, going to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, then I'm always looking for a place for that for most people. Cause they're going to need to, if you've been pounding carbs for six, eight, 10 months, you're going to need to cut it back a little bit. So just a real quick, probably like four week mini cut, drop carbs down, 
maybe raise fats up or just drop carbs to pre and post. It depends on each person. And then we come out of that and then we go back in and we start doing overreaching. And it, so I've, I've got this broken into phases and then, you know, of course it leads into pre-prep and then a prep, but it really just depends on how long you need to extend things out. And it does get pretty boring. It does get pretty monotonous. And if you're listening and you're that person that says, Oh, I hate off season. You're never going to make it as a bodybuilder because bodybuilding is the most monotonous, repetitive thing because that's what gets you results. You keep chiseling away at the stone until you have a statue. And that takes – Jason, I think you say it's Groundhog Day. Wake mm-hmm. up, same shit every day. Yep. That's what gets you I love that if, that's what you're, if you're going to be a good bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you're freaking nature and you just dominate and you're, you're a pro in the first year, which happens to some people. Otherwise – better get ready to to buckle in and strap in. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then Kayla, you know, there's, there's things in there too, you know, probably labs every six months at some point to make sure that they're still on point. If they're natural, make sure all these things are happening. So, um, you know, other things that people can do in the off season that don't have to do with all that stuff is go to seminars, like go to events, go to be around other people that love bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. I know I got a buddy of mine. He's a client. His name's Chris. He's getting kind of tired in the off season. Didn't have a lot of people around him. I said, Hey, why don't you come to our event this weekend? Immediately stoked his fire. He's coming. You've got to get around other people that like the stuff you're doing. Cause sometimes this can be a lonely, this can be a lonely endeavor. If your family doesn't do it, you don't have a lot of friends that do it. So get around other people like us that, that do it. And it's a nice shot of motivation. Mm-hmm. I think too, that like, I'm glad you brought that up because being an off season, like you said, can be really monotonous, but this is where you really make progress. And if you nail your off season and like, I don't mean nail it as like eat every single meal exactly on point because you got to have some balance too, have some fun, have some drinks with friends, go out and whatnot, you know, all of that stuff. But at the same time, if you're consistent and just let time go by, you'll make progress. And that's where it all happens is the off season. And a lot of people are always so, especially newcomers to the sport are very focused on like the prep because they see what happens when you get on stage, but in order to get on stage and get better, you have to make improvements in the off season and that's how you do it. So, and like, this is, you know, I just didn't know when I first started, but like when I went into off season, I just kind of like started eating how I was before and like just kind of trained when I felt like it. And then I was like, I made a little bit of progress, but it was because I was new. You know, if I had something of as focused as I do now, it would have been different. But at the same time, you got to have leeway as like a new client. But surrounding yourself with people that do this similar thing, you know, social media has all kinds of people around now that you have access to. Um, I mean, most people in the industry are very nice. You can send them a message and just talk to them or find like a Facebook group or something. Um, but like John said, events like go to the Olympia go to your local show. I help out with the local shows around here as like an expediter when I'm not competing and stuff. Cause it's just, it's fun. It's now that I'm a pro, I'm like, want to help give back to like the NPC shows here too, and make sure that new people coming in can like see like pros are here to help that we don't just like get our pro card and like, see you later. Bye. Like, you know, cause that's where I started. So stuff like that. And it just makes it more fun, at least for me anyways. So that's kind of how I keep my mind focused yeah you know also if you're a coach and you have clients that do shows and you can and you can do it you can make it work probably the best thing i ever did was go to almost every show i could i was fortunate because there's a ton right here in the midwest two hours away i've got shows everywhere so it's easy for me and back in the day um, when leslie and i were together doing this she we would both go and i remember how it kept my motivation going I'd see everybody on stage, my clients on stage, and then you'd be back in the hotel and you know, you're going to sneak a look. So like you're checking yourself to see how you're looking. Cause you just saw a bunch of people on stage and you're training in between shows. Like shows can also help motivate you. Um, just don't let it try and spur you into hurrying up dieting down. Just remember what you're doing because it can have the opposite effect, but surrounding myself with my clients is what I'm trying to say as a coach, you know, and we would have big get togethers. I mean, giant, which end up turning into seminars and stuff, but big get togethers, like invite all your clients together to the gym and everybody have a workout, buy lunch for everybody. Just like do it. It creates community. It's it's good for business, but there's all kinds of stuff that you can do to be involved. Don't, don't be lonely in this because it, it is really hard if you're the only one. Yep. Yep. A lot of that is fun. I'm actually going to, um, 
Omaha pro in June, first weekend of June with two of my girls, um, that are competing around here. So, and then we have another one in the cities we're going to go to and stuff. And it's, it's fun. Cause we all get go to, go to, um, go to Bob's. I forget what it, how you, it's, there's like, Omaha. Gym. Yep. there's a gym there called Bob's something. Oh. Uh, you have to go. He like, okay. he bought out a whole mall and made it a gym. Oh, like cool. it is the baddest at like, you're going to be like a kid in a candy store. It is amazing. It's called Bob something. Just someone will know, or you can get online you'll find it. It's okay. But Bob's fitness. In, I don't know, but it's Bob yeah. something. It's yeah. freaking crazy. It's Tell freaking me when you go that. there. Um, I've got, I've got clients and good friends, Elena, one of my, she's a figure pro world champion. Actually, she trains there. I'll hook you up and it's a great place. Like you're going to love it because it's not just bodybuilding. It's powerlifting. It's strong. It's like everything. So yeah, it's, it's fucking that. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, part of the great thing about traveling too, like that's the other thing is like you get to go see yes. some pretty freaking awesome gyms. And like, that's what okay. I love to do when I go travel. First thing I'm doing is like, all right, what gyms are in the area? Like who knows what gym is here? Like that kind of thing and stuff. So, and you know, if that's not motivating, like, I don't know what is. And like, you know, it's, it's also kind of cool. Like, I'm sure like you guys get this too. Like you go places and sometimes people like know you from Instagram and they come up to you and they're like, oh, hey, I saw you on this or that. And it's kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. Like, I didn't really think I was like that famous, yeah. I guess, but it's, it's kind of fun. So, so yeah, but all right. I, we got I, kind of off on that one, but. Well, yeah, I was just going to bring it back together and say, you know, for me, yeah. um, I kind of follow like, you know, you come off of a diet, whether you're a competitor or not, there's going to be a, there's going to be a health phase. Um, and then, you know, we're going to push into, to grow and improve. Um, and during that phase, I'll set many goals. They're mainly usually body part specific. Um, so, you know, if it's my bikini competitors, it might be upper glute, it might be lower glute, it might be shoulders, you know? And so we're working on that with, with, with training. Uh, it might be back. It might be shoulders for my figure girls. Maybe they need more sweeps. So we're kind of like, analyzing those things if you're a competitor and setting those goals um and so you know then we're gonna have a push phase and you know i might get away with two push phases um before i have to do like a a little bit of like an insulin reset before the health phase so i might kick in at the end of a push and say all right we're gonna diet for four weeks then we're into the health phase we gotta diet a little bit more we can during that but i don't want to take it too low because i want them at least in a maintenance so you know it kind of goes back and forth in that way um, you know, push, maybe insulin reset, health phase, push. And so, you know, it 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 kind of can get boring, but if you set little goals and you know, just because they don't compete doesn't mean you can't work on bringing up a body part, right? I mean, you know, if someone wants to look good, they want to look good. So you still can critique them as a coach, and the training should be geared towards those improvements. And then as they're seeing them, uh, and I'm seeing the changes, you know, we we note it and you know it's a win and and we keep moving forward. So kind of it's kind of kind of along the lines that way mm -hmm. some gives them something else to focus on other than just the scale going up in weight like yeah yeah even even taking it away sometimes is a really good idea if you're just having really oh, bad troubles with that like because stressing out about it it's only it's not going to help anything and if anything it'll deter progress so early in my career as a bodybuilder i would chase the scale so if it wasn't going up i'd push more food and god was i bloated mess because it takes a lot for me to grow and i finally just realized like just look good year round train right master the training get the food in that you need to be in a surplus but you don't you don't have to chase the scale like it's only it's only you're only gonna add so much muscle as you're gonna add and once i finally got that through my thick head um yeah you know it, it, it was like the scale would be very similar year to year but i was getting better and so then it was more fun for me okay. uh you know i i realized some of the guys that are 280 and 290 they gotta they gotta eat and chase that way but they also put on muscle really fast and so it was just making me a fat slob <laughs> to to chase the scale unless you're a, a really genetic elite i think it's just a bad tool to chase in terms of growth yep and i I think that's that's the art of bodybuilding. That's the art of coaching. If you're a coach, because you've got to take all these things Jason just talked about. You've got to take you know your your genetics, whatever they are. You're trying to balance that level of keeping good insulin sensitivity and not getting real sloppy. Because if you're not, especially if you're natural, then you've got to lose so much weight. How much muscle are you going to lose with that extra? So you try to gain a lot of weight to gain the extra muscle, but then you got to lose a lot more fat, which means you're going to lose some of that muscle. So it's that balance of trying to stay lean enough 
and keeping your hormones steady. So like, I hope everybody sees this is the the art of coaching, but it's the art of bodybuilding. Like Mm -hmm. that's why it's, it's so much more complex what we know now. And we're talking about on this podcast to where 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't, it was, you just kind of looked at pictures and you didn't really know if you're natural, where your hormones were at. And it's, I think the old school guys wouldn't have known how to put it down on paper, but I think they figured it out for themselves. They might not have said, well, I'm resetting insulin sensitivity, but they just knew it was time. You know, they, they just knew their body. Um, I think now we just have more of the science behind it and what certain things are doing. So, you know, we didn't have the luxury of the internet because no one had really put it together. You know, there was encyclopedia of bodybuilding and, you know, I think Chris Estito finally wrote a book or two, but it's just one of those things where there's just more knowledge now. We kind of know what, what purpose certain phases serve. So, yeah, I agree. Exactly. So, um, okay. So I had a few more questions, but they're a little bit more logistical questions. So we can probably skip those because we covered them before. So I guess to wrap it up, you know, for you guys, when you were competing, what was the hardest part of off season? And if you kind of feel like you already did that, then your best advice for someone in off season. So either or. Fuck, the hardest part is eating all that goddamn food and being (laughs) full and I'd be bloated and like, I just was not blessed with uh, a great stomach for this sport. I think if I had been, I probably could have been a lot bigger. Um, it was, it was just, it was just a rough dying for thing for me. And I'm sure people listen, oh, you should have sucked it up pussy and pureed your food. Well, fuck off. Cause I wasn't going to do that. Um, but it, you know, I tried to push it and, you know, I did the best I can, but God, I was, I was a, inflamed bloated mess a lot of times and i was like oh that's just what you got to do you're a bodybuilder Uh." um so i would say yeah you know getting a surplus um learn how to train properly with intent and you'll you'll keep getting better but um you know force feeding truly force feeding does not make a better better physique so Mm -hmm. i like that I'm going to bring this from a little different level because I never really was a very good bodybuilder. I knew early on that I was going to end up being a coach and that's just my DNA. Um, I did build a pretty respectable physique that I could have put on stage in 2014. I think I would have done well in men's physique. Um, I, my stage weight was up to, a, I, I calculate about 180 is what I would have stepped on stage at, which is a lot better than 155 back when mm-hmm. Jason and I competed. So that five years off, like really, really did me well, but the thing with me personally, so I'm only going to speak to some people that are like this. Once I had experienced competing multiple times and doing things a few times, it it generally wasn't exciting enough for me because I was always going to be just that average to maybe above average bodybuilder. Uh, no matter what, I wasn't going to take a massive amount of drugs. And even if I did, I wasn't going to look like I needed to look to actually be at this super high level. So to me, it kind of got to where it was kind of boring, but I was already prepping so many people at that point that I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to have to really struggle through the hunger to get up there and and look decent. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to take it to the IFBB or the national level. Like, so to me, it was kind of that aha moment. And a lot of people, you don't get that until you've been doing it for a long time. So I was very self-aware at that point. I thought, you know what? It was kind of like powerlifting. I did four meets. I'm like, fuck. So you mean I just got to try and get stronger and like beat these three lifts? All right. Well, that's kind of boring. So to me, it wasn't enough of a challenge with with something new. I'm always trying to experiment with stuff. So that's that's a little bit different for me. And that's why you don't see pictures of me bodybuilding because it just I kind of lost it. Now, as a coach, I got that. I got that excitement. I had all these different people to prep. So that's where it kind of I, I got the bug. So maybe somebody out there listening, maybe that re- reflects how they feel. So that was mine. That's a good one. That's a good one too. Um, I guess for me, like going through this off season, I'm still going through it. It's just probably the hardest part is just like being in my head about it of like, I like feel ready, but like, am I going to be big enough? Am I going to be like stand out on the stage? Like, am I going to like, you know, going into from amateur to pro, like I knew I needed a long time off and stuff, but that's probably been the hardest part for me is just that. But like Jason said at the very beginning of like, if we focus on the future, then it's just like horrible. So I just try to remind myself to go in every single day of like, okay, what do I need to do today? And I do it with intention, whether it's drinking water or like if it's a rest day and I just need to like 
get rest. That's what I try to do. And, um, it, it goes faster than you think. So, I mean, we're already a year over a year and a half off season. So, um, and this has already flown by, so it's only going to be a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I guess that's like my biggest thing is in the off season is just like not letting yourself get in your own head is that's, that's my biggest thing. Making your pro debut. It's that's a normal feeling. Okay. Well, that's, I had had the same damn thing. Um, Mm -hmm. same damn thing. And uh, I remember I went out to Venice, uh, and trained at Gold's, and I was in prep for my pro debut. And uh, I thought, man, I'm gonna go in here, and I'm gonna be dwarfed by everyone. They ain't gonna even look twice at, at me. And you know, I had guys coming up like Tito Raymond, like, "Who's this dude? Are you competing? What do you do?" And then Samir Benal was like, "Man, five pounds off, and you gotta get on a show now and get on a stage now." So like, I ended up like making my prep. I'd got on stage three three uh, weeks early and did a show down in Florida. And I'm blanking on the name. It wasn't the Tampa, but whatever the other. Uh, hurricane Hurricane. Um, yeah and i took fifth and there was some really good bodybuilders there some guys from spain and shit and just i was just like damn okay but i thought you know i was gonna do a couple and probably suck and (laughs) i was gonna be hit um so i don't think you're ever gonna get away from that but just use it as fuel yeah i definitely have had the mindset of like you know don't worry about everybody else because if you do that you're already worrying about an outcome that hasn't happened yet so just worry about yourself stay in your lane and just do your thing and if you do your absolute best and you can't be disappointed no matter what happens and most likely if you do work hard every single day like the outcome's probably going to be like pretty good you know as long as you have a good coach that you trust and that you know you follow it and stuff everything's going to be just fine so yeah if there's if there's one thing i I know we're about to end if there's one thing i could say that that just made me think of if i could have everybody just take this with them if you can just enjoy Every single day, be glad that you've got your food prepped, that you're nailing your macros, that you get to go in and train, and you get to get a little bit better every fucking day. It's a tiny bit because that's bodybuilding. If you can enjoy that and be thankful for it, you'll enjoy the process. And I think too many people get so anxious because they're not where they want to be because it's like Jason, you said, it's down the road. They're looking so far down the road, they're not seeing what's right in front of them. And right in front of you is the daily stuff. And when you look back, that real this really is where the it's where you feel the best. This is where you're strongest. And people fret over what's down the road. They need to focus on right now and enjoy it. So please just enjoy your preps, folks. This is this is fun. This is the fun part of it. Just enjoy it. And that's exactly what bodybuilding is, is constant yep. improvement and there's never perfection. So don't chase it. So all right, guys. Um, so that wraps up this episode. Uh we have quite a few guests coming on in the next few weeks. So you guys should have a lot more coming. Um, I believe it's just us next time as well. But then after that, we have a few guests lined up. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Please, you know, share our podcast on your stories, tag us in it. We love to see that. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys. Bye.